I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hello, Loretta. You're there right on time. Look at you. Uh, hope you guys are having a good week. You know, my pastor preached a sermon, a pretty stout sermon on marriage last weekend, and he challenged us to look at our spouse and say, how are we doing? And then he said, then shut up and listen. <laughs> and for guys, that's right. That's good advice. Um, and so my wife when I, we, we did that. We had a really good conversation. And we both feel very good about our relationship and it hadn't always been that way 31 over 31 years you know um but that's the design god his idea of of marriage is a good relationship but that can be tough and there are some things that we can do we might just need to be reminded of uh and and so we're going to talk about some of those things my my guest today is herman eben and he runs an organization called Great relationships, uh, and so that's it. Great relationships, Herman. How you doing? Doing excellent, Randy. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you. Uh, now, I think, like me, maybe your marriage wasn't always great. Oh my goodness! You know, the Lord was so um, actually so gracious in so many different ways. When you really come down to it. Uh, anytime we go through something really difficult, what I've learned and many people do is that is the time that you learn the most. Yeah. So uh, at at our 21 year marriage, uh, we ran into a huge issue. Uh, I'd been very controlling all of our marriage and uh, not listening to uh, Louis' comments about my controlling nature and things of that nature. And what I have learned now is anytime you're trying to control somebody, that tends to drive them away rather than want to be with you. I mean, it's so, so typical. And so what uh, what happened is the worst thing that uh, I would want to have happened to me or anybody is uh, she had an affair on me. Mm. And uh, I found out about that. And by God's grace, the Lord has restored our marriage and the real great wonderful blossoming out of that what appears to be a horrible event that we thank god for is all this great relationships material so scripturally we would say you had cause for divorce yep how come you didn't well that's a very very i mean what a great topic to have i've written on divorce i used to believe that if you got a divorce, you're in major sin until I looked at the fact that God actually gives directions on how to have a divorce. It's the hard heart that leads up to right. the divorce. That's right. the sin. That's the hard. That's the part that you really need to pay attention to. But this is something that we talk about in great relationships. Your family system plays a huge part in your marriage, whether you want to believe it or not. But both of our families had no desire for divorce and we were always taught that as kids and things of that nature. And I was an elder in the church and Louie was teaching a, a 300 lady um, uh, Bible study. Uh, so both of us were steeped in God's word in many, many regards, but we also had the great support, not only of the church and our beliefs, but also our family system basically saying, Hey, divorce, 
is not the option, not the option for us. And that's what was a great opportunity for us to stand and get that type of support. Yeah. All right. I want to hear about some of the things you had to, to, to do, uh, to get through it. But I have this question, uh, because you know, you, you hear about someone in the church, someone who has a leadership position in a church, oftentimes a pastor, unfortunately, having an affair and, and it disillusions people sometimes, or they can just be mad and be like, oh, they're a bunch of hypocrites, right? You know, how did, how did you, how did you get through that being visible in the church and, and then that, I mean, how does it, how does it get to that point? Well, it, it, it's so great the way that our elders dealt with that. And uh, the counselor that we were uh, using at that time, he, is, he died in a plane crash in 1999, but his name was Dr. Dr. Marlon Howe. And what the elders in the church at the Midland Bible Church at the time, they believed very strongly that you don't sweep something like this under the rug. And here I was an elder. Mm-hmm. So l- literally... It was that we had to be very upfront and out front explaining that we had done something that sinned against God and the church. I had to resign in front of my uh, church congregation saying I had not been in control of my family. Hmm. Louis had to stand in front of that 300 lady uh, uh, Bible study and say that she had an affair on hmm. me. So. The, here's what's so cool about this, Randy. When you think about it, Louie and I hated doing that at the time. I can't <laughs> right. imagine. You can yeah. just imagine yeah. it, right? But that gave us so much energy to focus on each other and working on each other rather than trying to act like everything was okay yeah. when it wasn't. So that so that being very open about it was a huge benefit to Louie and I. Because we didn't have to try to act like everything was okay, and anybody that uh, wanted to know more details, we would we would share. Wow! So it, it was very different. Okay. Oh well, yeah, and that is contrary to our immediate reaction and to human nature, which is to to bury and to hide. It, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden kind of thing. <laughs> we want to hide oh, it. How how important is it that light, we let light be the disinfectant? In other words, we we are as open as you guys are. Well, that is, you said it exactly right. Light is the disinfectant. What Satan wants us to believe is, no, you kick it under the rug and act like everything's okay and just wear a mask and uh, you'll you'll get by. Well, people find out about these things anyway. And you spend so much energy trying to act like you're okay that you could have used on making the relationship better, mm. not only with each other, but also with God. Mm. And it also puts you in a place of greater chance for humility instead of thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm, you know, we're doing okay, and we'll smile and act like it's okay, but it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so interestingly, in the garden, when they sent, the, the two things jumped up. The shame, which is the hiding, you know. But then the other one is like, Adam was like, it's her fault. And she's yeah. like, it's the serpent's fault. The devil made me do it, right? We go to blame. Were shame yeah. and blame two temptations for you? Well, that is leading to the most important part of what happened with Louie and I that became the seed 
for all of this material to come from. And mm -hmm. we used some of Dr. Howe's material, but developed uh, our own as we went. Here's what I mean by that understanding how forgiveness works, understanding how confession works, and truly understanding and creating the steps. We literally use seven steps that spell forgave to help people understand how forgiveness actually works. And that very first step was crucial for me because I can still see the picture of Louie talking with Dr. Howe and he was literally interrogating her from the viewpoint of, is this all? Is this everything that you need to confess? Mm -hmm. And she literally at, at, at one point, here's the picture that'll that's embedded on my memory. She raised her hands in the air and held her palms up to God and said, Lord, you know, and she started crying, Lord, you know that I've confessed everything. Wow. At that point in time was the first time that I started seeing her again, because that's what the F stands for. It spells forgave in the seven steps. Face their humanity, F, face their humanity. And that's what we don't do when somebody has wronged us. We end up looking at the sin they did to us or the wrong they did to us. And when they do that, when you do that, you never see the real person. So the first step in forgiveness is to see them as a broken creature, just like you are. Mm. So that was a... That was a an initial step that uh, we eventually turned into this whole series of um, uh, steps that have been really powerful in my life and other people's lives as I've uh, taught it to them. I, I think that's a big sticking point for people. I mean, I, I know some, I know people that are divorced and and they're justified. I think that's the hard part for a lot of people is they are justified in their unforgiveness or. It, their anger, bitterness, a lot of times, but man, you talk about that scripture that says, you know, talks about that root of bitterness springing up and defiling. It's right. like you're, you're justified. You're you're on the right side of scripture if you want to be there, you know. Mm -hmm. But then the bitterness sets in and it does defile. I, I, I how did how do how do you get through that? Well, you get through it when you understand the consequences of unforgiveness, mm. loss of a walk with God, loss of joy, literally loss of health, mm. uh, loss of freedom. This is what most people, you just, you just basically stated, you lose freedom. Why? Because forgiveness is more for you to be free of that event. And you are controlled by that event and that other person until you actually forgive because mm. Our definition of forgiveness, which is the R in forgave, renew the mind, our definition of forgiveness is never abusing them for the wrong they did to you, not in thought, word, or action. And that brings up a later step, which is crucial, that if you can understand what forgiveness is through a definition like that, and know how you can know you actually did it, then you're going to have a better chance of walking forward without letting that event control your life. And we don't believe we don't believe in forgive and forget either. We actually believe in forgive and remember. That requires some explanation, but that's well, actually well. Yeah, go, go ahead and explain because how do you know if you have actually for, forgiven while you're remembering? 
Yeah. Okay. Let me let me back up real quick and give you the uh, the all the steps real quick. Okay. So face their humanity stands for the F. Oh, overlook revenge. Revenge is not a right that anybody has other than God. And when you when you want revenge, you're basically saying, God, move off your throne. I need to sit there for a little while. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was that was on my question list, and and my question actually is not so much about revenge, getting revenge on your wife. I'm 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 curious as a guy, man. Did did you not would just want to? I mean, you're in Texas. You you probably have a gun yep. like the rest of us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was very very hard, Randy. Whenever I saw that person, that yeah. was very hard. No doubt. And that that is also I forgive him as much as I forgive Louis. Ooh. See, because let me run through those steps real quick okay. to get to something that's really critical that hopefully will answer some of your questions there. So face their humanity, overlook revenge, renew the mind. That's where we teach you the definition of, of uh, forgiveness. Never abusing them for the wrong you did, to, that the wrong they did to you, not in thought, word or deed. So that's the R. G is, G, G is give it up. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Randy. No, go ahead. That's just a big one. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and it can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, so renew the mind, give it up, mean, okay, now that I know the definition, it's time for me to act, and then uh, apply the definition through something that we call a memorial. Our memorial is simply a date, October 15. And you got to have this memorial for the steps that are coming. So A stands for apply the decision. The V stands for verify the decision, because I'll guarantee you, we all know this is going to happen. You forgive somebody and and Satan whispers in your ear, but they still did it to you. Uh-huh. See, so that V is verify the decision. And here's the simplicity. You can know if you forgave somebody. And here's the simple, simple, simple little question you ask yourself. Anytime those thoughts are ro- rolling around in your mind, you simply ask, I asked myself, did I forgive Louie on October 15th when I said I did? Yes or no, right? Mm. Yes or no. If it's no, then I go back to step one and start the process over. <laughs> if I say yes, then I simply take 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 and say, Lord, you know, Jesus, I have no business thinking this because I forgave her. I I want you to take that thought from me and immediately go to step seven and here's the coup de grace, so to speak. Start praying blessing and peace upon the person you yeah. forgave. Yeah. And that is what I have learned when I'm mowing my yard. Even, even 30 years later, I can be mowing my yard or doing something drive time. And Satan starts going, you didn't deserve to have to go through that, Herman. You know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it works. And when you... Grab a hold. Did I forgive her when I said I did? Yes, I did. Did I forgive the man when I said I did? Yes, I did. I have no desire to be trapped back in the past where Satan wants me. I'm going forward and start praying blessing and peace upon those two individuals. That is the way forgiveness works in a hugely beneficial way. And God meant it to be that. Oh, that's... So what we what we say is you only really need two tools to have a great relationship. Uh, we teach four tools because we tend to teach two other tools. The two tools are you need to know how confession works and you need to know how forgiveness works. 
Mm. And the other two tools that we teach, because most people say, I don't feel like I can forgive or I don't feel like I confess, uh, is we need to teach people how their feelings work. And then we teach how freedom works, which is basically the grace of God uh, in a secular sort of way. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that, but I, I, have, I have a question. When you when you hit the V and forgave, how many yep. times did you have to start over and go back? Uh, none, which was really wow. cool. Wow. None, uh, because I had no desire to be trapped by that. So I kept, because mm. I knew that I had forgiven her. I just needed to remind myself, you'd already done this, Herman. There's no sense to put, put the chains back on you to get shackled to that event. None. So... How many times have I thought about it, though, Randy? Mm. Many times, mm. many times. And that's where you have to take those thoughts. Lord, I have no business thinking about this. None. I have no business. Uh, it's time for me to move forward. Thank you that you've taken care of this. Um, do, you, do you have children, the two of you? Yes, we have three children. How, how many did you have at the time? We had three. Okay, so you had all three of your children at the time. Right. How much did that pay, play a part in your motivation to get through this, handle it properly, and not let that damage spill over onto them? It's very interesting. The uh, Dr. Marlon Howe, on that very first day of, uh, of counseling, we asked that quite a question similar to that to him, and we said, uh, so... Uh, how do we deal with the children? And his answer was classic and it's proven by research. And I was actually going over that with some guys I discipled this morning. His answer was, here's, here's how it works, Herman. Here's how it worked, Louie. Your relationship is the key. Get your relationship straight and you don't need to worry about them. Hmm. Uh, what you need to do is start honoring God in your marriage because a healthy marriage protects kids to give them an example of how life is to work. Mm. You don't need to go explain anything to them, not at this point. Age appropriate, give, the, give them the details. But what you need to do is focus on the two of you. And he gave some real simple tools for us to start using. And we, we literally use most of them even to today. Uh, and here's how simple it is, Randy. Spend at least 15 minutes every morning talking with each other. That turned that turned into a, over about a 12-year period when we did this every day. It turned into two hours in the morning. Uh, during at the end of that time of just talking, and 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 believe me, you would understand this. Many of those times we didn't want to talk to each other. <laughs> I, I don't talk in the morning anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs> So at the end of that time, uh, pray for each other. And I typically prayed on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We did this every weekday. Louie prayed on Tuesday and Thursday. And then at the third thing that you do before you get up and leave is just share a need with each other. And the most common need that I would share with her is just touch me when you pass me in the house. Hmm. Uh, the most common statement that she wanted from me is just call me at least once today from work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And and then then have a date night and then invite uh, the other person to go along with you, no matter wh what you're doing, whether you're leaving for an errand or not. So those real simple little things like that made a huge difference in our life. That That's really cool. And, you know, it's it's amazing how 
Well, unless you're praying, God strike them dead. It, it, it's it's hard to to hold unforgiveness, to to hate somebody, to if you're actually praying. And Scripture says, "Bless," which is what you were talking about. You're praying yeah. for their good. It's hard to yeah. hard to hold that grudge when you're praying for someone's good on a regular basis. Yeah, in fact, that that step seven was taken directly from Jesus' example. Now think about this. He came into Jerusalem and cried for them. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I put you under my wing and taken care of me. Oh, taken care of you, but you didn't. Put him on the cross, and what did he do? Father, forgive them yeah. because they don't know what they're doing. Guess who got blessed first through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Jerusalem hmm. got blessed first with the Holy Spirit coming to Jerusalem first. Yeah. I took it directly from that example that that needs to be part of the whole concept that we need to teach about forgiveness. That's right down what Jesus did. Mm. He forgave them and then he blessed them. Yeah. Uh, isn't that cool to think about that? Well, you know, it just seems too easy, but Jesus is not hiding the path to freedom. And I, I want to talk more about that. I want to show people your website real quick. This is great relate great with the number in there. G R eight relate.com. Uh, and if you're like, Okay, this guy is ministering to me. <laughs> I need to know more. Just go there. Uh, there's some resources for you and some other things. Um, but uh, here's here's my sneaking suspicion, Herman, is is that just forgiving, although huge and key, it's not the it's not the end game. I'm guessing there's some things on the other side of that that allow you to go from not having a you go from the potential of destruction being averted to actually having a good and enjoyable where you like being married to this person am i right exactly exactly and that's where everything that the seed of forgiveness blossomed into us you know uh, to talk about the problem and talk about the solution and then talk about these tools uh when we when louie and i get a chance to get to uh, counsel people I often I will say something like uh, uh, we have 500 videos online, 70 television shows, more than 100 podcasts, more than 200 blogs. Uh, and I can tell you everything you need to know in 10 seconds. You ready? And so I will I'll wait for them to say yes. And then I'll say, well, there's a problem in every relationship. You make everything about yourself. Hmm. The solution for every relationship is to pursue their best patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Mm. And then I wait a little bit just to see their response. And then I, <laughs> I, I facetiously go, so go and be healed. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, so what are, what are the responses to that typically? I mean, is it, well, it blank stares or is it like, I don't know if I can yeah. do that? Well, they most often people agree with the problem. And, and we go through that. But the additional follow-up after I say, go and be healed, and they laugh and I laugh, uh, I go, so why don't you leave? And they give me a variety of answers. And then I always say, it's because you don't believe it. Yeah. And that's the, reason, that's the reason why we have so many videos. That's the reason why we have so many resources out there to help you realize that's what God's word is saying. You make everything about yourself all the time. That's what <laughs> That's that's the whole mindset of the sin nature. It's got to take care of yourself. The whole mindset of Jesus is I want to pursue others best. Yeah. 
that's a radical relationship. Boy, that is. To pursue the best for others, no matter what they're doing to you. That is amazing. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. You you know, it's, you kind of can't hold on to a lot of pain. I mean, I'm not trying to minimalize or downplay, but it, it really, it is hard to hang on to a lot of negative things when you focus on others. Yeah. In fact, Isaiah 58, 10 says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will dawn in the darkness and your darkness will be as the noonday sun. Now think about that. You, I, I bring that verse up all the time to people that are depressed or thinking badly or whatever. And I say, so what is that verse telling you about life? If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will dawn in the darkness and your darkness will be as a noonday. What is that telling you? Get up and go serve somebody. Hmm. That's what that's what it's telling you. Hmm. And that that whole passage is in, in the next next verse is even more powerful you know and the, and the lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul in drought and and uh, your your bones won't be dry so to speak yeah. and you're going to continually watered as a well-watered garden yeah my goodness uh, all because you decided to go serve others instead of make life about yourself yeah so so you're get if if you if you don't watch it i'm going to get on my soapbox about self-esteem <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a question for you and it's coming from someone who's watching right now who is in a position where there's there's uh, some some issues, <laughs> and and her question is how do I how do I trust my spouse again? How did you trust Louis again after that? Well, that puts everything into the into play about whether they are trustworthy or not. That's the wrong view. What does God do with us when we sin? He pursues our best anyway. Mm. See, that's see what we all do in our relationships is we want some guarantee that we're not going to have to go through the pain again. Yeah, sure. That's what we want. I want to guarantee about that. Well, there's nobody that can guarantee that for you. You're either going to pursue their best and let God deal with them if they are in sin. And God is going to give you the strength to deal with them if that happens again. Quit wanting a guarantee about somebody else's behavior and start thinking about the fact that how you're behaving today is going to be judged by Jesus Christ one of these days. That's what's going to be so important. So so anybody that has those type of questions, I sure feel for them. I get it. Mm -hmm. For me to trust Louis took a long time for that to happen from that viewpoint. But every time I started thinking that, I had to remind myself, this isn't about her. This is about me acting like Jesus Christ to her. And how does Jesus act to me? He accepts me 100%, although he disapproves or approves of my behavior. Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But he is not. he's not sitting here going, can I trust you? No, he accepts me. I need to accept her and then speak out when her behavior is wrong. Okay. And yeah, no. And I'm glad you added that last part because uh, forgiveness and trust are not about turning a blind eye to sin. That's exactly right. So Um, how much of that trust issue is, and and, uh, believe me, I get it. I just, I'm trying to 
trying to think of this in the right way. Do we trust, do we put, ultimately, we know we don't put our trust in our spouse or in other people. We put our trust in God. He won't fail us. Does, is there any merit to the idea that if you're having a trust issue in your relationship right now, let that go and just trust God? I mean, or, or, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, what uh, what we say to couples that are going through this type of thing, let's say they're sitting in my office or in our living room, and uh, I, I do something that's maybe strange, whatever. I, I, they're saying that they can't trust each other. And I say, well, let's do this. Here's here's something that, that may work. I'm going to buy some handcuffs, and I'm going to handcuff the two of you together. <laughs> and then you will always be around each other. <laughs> and there's a great chance that your trust will in, be encouraged. And, of course, they laugh about it, and I laugh about it. And I go, actually, that won't work. Do you realize why? Because your mind is free to wander and they won't know it. Uh So it doesn't matter if you are in the proximity. This depends on each one of you individually to decide to walk with God and quit looking at their behavior and start looking at your own behavior. Mm -hmm. We always want to think about the other person's behavior, just like I said earlier. We keep pointing our finger at them instead of putting our thinking and our emotions in line with, am I pleasing God with my behavior? Yeah, That's the key. Yeah, Because because I'm going to stand before him and they're going to stand before him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to have any more tears come out of my eyes about my behavior. I want to do it right. And I'm hoping that they will too, but I am not going to make my life dependent upon somebody else's behavior. I'm not going to let myself be drugged down by somebody else's behavior. That is so crucial. That sounds weird to think of it that way. And most people are like, that doesn't solve anything for me. Well, no, it won't solve it for you because you're making life about yourself instead of trying to pursue their best. Uh, that's, That's how life works in a radically different way for relationships the way that we teach it. Yeah, I, I saw a meme recently online, and there's this one goes around. There's It's a picture of, of a couple in bed, and he's on his side, and he's like asleep or got his eyes closed. And she's kind of sitting up, and she's kind of looking at him. And her bubble says, I bet he's thinking of another woman. And this one, <laughs> there's variations <laughs> of this, but this one says, and he's laying there, and his bubble says, if Lady Gaga went on tour with the Goo Goo Dolls, it could be the Goo Goo Gaga tour. And <laughs> and it made me laugh because, you know, my wife before has said, what, what are you thinking? I'm like, nothing. She's like, no, really, what are you thinking? I'm like, oh, literally, no, you don't understand. Nothing. There were no thoughts going through my head. The speculation, I find, is one of the most destructive things in a relationship. Yep. How do you just, how did you, Put that speculation out because I mean I, I I know Satan was whispering in your ear or your thoughts on their own were were going after that incident looking at your wife going should think about him or maybe you saw yeah. the guy and she's like and you look at her because th- that speculation of what, what are they thinking that's a killer yeah that's exactly right Randy uh, that leads directly into what we call the four mistakes that cripple relationships. Uh, We talk about the problem. You make everything about yourself. We don't really believe that we're doing that, and we do it all the time. And then out of that problem come these 
four very common mistakes and you just labeled the very first one, which we call the politician. And what I mean by the politician is you operate on opinion and emotion all the time. Mm. Uh, you're always speculating about something. doesn't matter what. You're always speculating about something. And when you're speculating about something, all you're doing is playing with fantasy land. Yeah. Uh, and there's a real simple solution to that. Start asking questions. Mm. Just ask a question. Uh Somebody, you know, let's say, Louis, the door slams and I go, well, are you mad at me, Louis? Ask the question instead yeah. of going, she's mad at me again yeah. or something. Yeah. Like Just ask the question. Yeah. So, yes, we will always speculate. And guess what? We tend to always speculate in the negative. In the negative. That's right. <laughs> exactly what we do. We we look at them and go, they must be, you know. Golly, they they're they're really thinking lousy about me. Well, maybe they just have some indigestion problems. You know, <laughs> you just don't know. Yeah, that's, so that's actually, yeah more likely. <laughs> that that's right. So that is one of the most uh, common mistakes. The next mistake is you're you're a victim. You mm -hmm. you're uh, you're paying it, letting the past invade the present all mm -hmm. the time, where where confession and forgiveness are needed. Uh, the third mistake is you're wearing a mask. You're an actor. Mm. You're trying to act like everything's okay, but it's really not. You're not a real person to the people around you. And then the fourth mistake is you're a dictator. You're just trying to control everybody. Mm. So that's that's a mistake that I make. And you're generally generally what uh, one of my mentors taught me, Doctor, uh, you know Robert Fritz, uh, taught me. You know is the idea of most control freaks like I am uh, are good people up to no good. <laughs> they have a good, they had a good intention, but they're just going about it in the right, wrong right, way. Right, right. <laughs> so right. you, you brought up a great, great thing about opinion there. Yeah, well, you brought a great answer about opinion there and put it in its place. So thank you. Uh, I have to one one last question. I know we're going long, but this is this is helping people literally right now. And as people watching the replay. Uh, it'll help them. And by the way, if you're one of those, I'd love a comment if, if this is, has been good for you. Um, Louis and Herman, today, after going through the hard work, after going through the hard times, how how's your relationship and, and how are you individually? I mean, was it worth the pain? It was absolutely worth the pain. Otherwise, Randy, I wouldn't have the privilege of talking to you right now now just think about that if i hadn't gone through that pain if louis hadn't gone through this pain i wouldn't have the privilege of speaking out on truth that god has given to us to share with other people mm -hmm. that's 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 the whole purpose i mean what we what we miss so much is the message of uh first peter chapter uh, two and three and actually uh, the rest of the book uh, the Lord has called us, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, he has called us to do right things and suffer for it. And the immediate example following that is Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's what he has called us to do. We learn the most from difficulties. We don't learn a lot from success. Uh, we don't learn a lot, a lot from doing things right most of the time. We learn deep lessons when bad things happen to us. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I believe that I get that that's God taking things that were you know meant for evil and using them for good. But my question is when when Herman and Louie are sitting in the you know in, in the breakfast room or the dining room at your house 
alone, mm -hmm. do you enjoy each other? Absolutely. More so, I'll have to say, more so in the past up until recently. She's had like six plus uh, years of operations oh. and back pain yeah. and all this other stuff. And she's coming coming out of it. The last couple of months have been great compared to uh, so much in the past. But yes, Louie and I will attest to the fact there were many, many years uh, coming up up until about the last six years where we would pass each other in the house and hug each other and go, I love this relationship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that didn't mean that we were treating each other well. We just knew that that was, that was one and, and most important to be pursuing each other's best. And when we weren't, we didn't enjoy each other. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. that simple. It is. It's it. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that she's having some physical problems, uh, but you know, because of the hard work that, that you chose to do, first of all, and, and her as well, you, you're there for each other in the, in the hard physical times, yep. uh, you know, you're, you, for better or worse, you guys have, have done it. You're still doing it. And, and I yep. appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything that you want people to know before I let you go, whether it's about anything, any of your resources or your availability if people are doing marriage conferences or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, we're more than willing to do any of those type of things. We don't do that as much just because of our age, but I'm totally healthy and can do those type of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want people to remember relationships are simple. They are not complex. Stop making life all about yourself mm -hmm. and pursue their best. Quit making life all about yourself. Jesus never did that. Jesus is our example. He always was pursuing everybody else's best. So that is what I'd be saying to people. It's simple. Believe it. Yeah. And if you're going, yeah, I like how that sounds, but I'm just, you know, I don't know if I can do that. Go to his website. Go to greatrelate.com, gr8relate.com, and there's some more resources. to. You can remind yourself of the things he said, walk through it, take the time, do the hard work. Uh, and it does take two to tango. I get it. I get it. Sometimes there are people in relationships where the, the other person won't, won't do this. But if, if you and your spouse are committed to working through it, there are, there's freedom on the other side. That's good news. Herman, even again, thank you for sharing, man. What a, what a, what a blessing. Appreciate your time thank today. You. Thank you so much, Randy. Appreciate you guys out there watching. If you know somebody who's going through a tough one, just gently, politely hit share and say, hey, I think this might give you some encouragement because that's what we're here to do. Uh, and we've got more for you tomorrow. Some actors from The Chosen and then more next week. So come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You love yourself. What is the man trusted to be